Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Today's Rachel Maddow Show Award for Headline Excellence goes to Bob Seska. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, January 27, 2022, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello. Hello, Bob. Oh, hi. Day 373 of the Biden-Harris administration, 285 days until the 22 midterms. Instagram, the Bob Zeska. Go follow me over there. Come on, let's go. Over here, let's go. We're going. We the need Bob. underwear pics, Bob. <laughs> yeah, lots of that. Lots of my underpants on Instagram. Uh, by the way, I'm also on Twitter at Bob Seska underscore go. Oh, and you just heard him. One of the goth ninjas is here. So, yeah. Actually, both of the goth ninjas are here. Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker podcast, patreon.com slash from the bunker. There's a show to support. Get your asses over there, too. Also, uh, David Ferguson, we call him T-Rex. He is from Astral Summer. That's his band, astralsummer.bandcamp.com. To start downloading. Go there, too, goddammit. I'm just, I'm in one of those moods today. God damn it! That's about right. Holy shit. Uh, speaking of Trump, I just wanted to mention, uh, James Austin Johnson does the best fucking Trump impression. Oh, I don't know. Oh, ever. I haven't seen yeah, it yet. Yeah, so I've there was only a, seen it, I've, I've seen one where he just ricocheted from topic to topic. And yeah. It's brilliant. <laughs> Unfucking believable the, Absolutely the best. But that's not to negate the performances of both J.L. Calvin and Tony Atamanek, who also did great Trump voices, they had different uh, ways of satirizing Donald Trump, but God damn it, James Austin Johnson is so fucking good. And we were at the vanguard well, of Trump that. Trump is like Schwarzenegger. Yeah. There's so many like quotable or like yeah. zero in onable. It's like a target rich environment. Oh, Christopher it's Walken like just, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone does that yeah, voice. Like, yep. You ask anyone to do their best Arnold Schwarzenegger, and they all have a different quote. Mm-hmm. Once I'll be back. Like, or, it's not a tumor. Yeah. Or what <laughs> I do, I just do the noises when he's in trouble. It just goes. Yeah, that's my. <laughs> more that's the, extent, <laughs> that's the extent of my Schwarzenegger impression. When he falls into the Martian atmosphere, that sound is what well, I do. That's my yeah, favorite. That's, <laughs> that's the best. Anyway. Man, I thought Dan Bongino had the shittiest day yesterday until the yeah. Matt Gates news came down. We're going to talk about that here in just a few minutes. Uh, but before we dig into all that fun crap, let's talk about uh, Stephen Breyer retiring from the goddamn Supreme Court. Uh, Did I really need the goddamn in there? Did I really need to say goddamn Supreme Court? 
I don't it is, care. Right now, it's the goddamn fucking Supreme Court, as far as <laughs> I'm concerned. Right, when it's six to three in favor of the conservatives, it's the goddamn fucking <laughs> Supreme Court. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, Breyer, age 83, is the oldest member of the court and one of three remaining liberal justices. <laughs> After the death of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg in 2020 and the appointment of Justice Amy Coney Barrett by Trump... Breyer's been under pressure to retire. Of course, uh, we've all been talking about that. Now's the time. Don't make the same mistake as RBG did, not retiring while Obama was still president. I mean, suffice to say, I mean, I don't want to relitigate the whole RBG-Obama retirement business. Yeah, but it's really not. Why? <laughs> why? Why do you say? She, d- she died on my wedding anniversary. Oh, so right. I, I find that uh, particular argument just really loathsome and pissy, and it's just people pushing names around on a chessboard that know absolutely nothing about the Supreme Court and how it, it just no yeah well there's a she timing right aspect she did the right thing though are you serious really you think so I mean because yeah. that no led- one thinks they're gonna just drop dead immediately I mean no dude like I just no I feel like she s- served her tenure honorably yeah. and it's not her fucking fault that she died <laughs> 30 days before <laughs> okay, okay, okay. You know, I'm yeah. not just going to, I mean, and... By the way, at Compromat Band on Twitter, if you want to complain. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. you, people. <laughs> Ruth Bader Ginsburg belonged on the bench for as long as she was there. Okay, okay. I'm not playing this game of, All right. like, she should have retired. Nobody does that to, like, Clarence Thomas. Yeah. You know, it's just, I... Uh, yeah, I'm not going to challenge you on this one, David, because you're going to flip the Jeep over and start chewing on the tires, I swear to God. <laughs> Any second now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, meantime, uh, a source close to Chuck Schumer says that uh, he's going to be pushing that uh, new nominee right through at the same speed, the same rapidity that they pushed through Amy Coney Barrett uh, under Donald Trump. Remember, I think it took 27 days. 27 days. And then Susan Collins comes out and goes, oh, we have time. And it's like, shut up, Esmeralda. Oh, shut the fuck really, up. Go, go shop for pantsuits and shut your yap. The new thing now, uh, obviously, is to uh, criticize Joe Biden, criticize his potential nominees uh, for being black women. And the fact that uh, Joe Biden isn't nominating a white male jurist for some reason or throwing yeah. one into the mix. Sorry, I mean, it's been two, almost 250 well, like years of that. Someone like Terry McAuliffe, you know, or some other <laughs> electrifying white guy. <laughs> no, we need imagine. a fucking black woman on the court, period. It's yeah. way past time. Absolutely. I'm just disappointed they didn't nominate Anita Hill. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think that would be a really fun that. breakfast meeting. I mean, that would be certainly an entertaining but really unnerving uh, news cycle to observe. I think what we need here is a smooth nomination process. And I think if uh, Katanji Brown Jackson is nominated, I think it's going to be pretty fucking smooth. Uh, I mean, look, obviously Republicans are going to scream about this and they already are. They're already screaming. Oh, this is like affirmative action. That's again. all they know how to do. Yeah, of course. Of That's course. all they know how to do. They're going to kick yeah. and scream and cry because there aren't enough white men on the court. Yep. And it's just, yep. I can't with them. Eh, yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. This is a joyous occasion. You know, a, a longstanding respected jurist is stepping down, and we're going to nominate a black woman to the highest law body in the land. And that is a cause for celebration. Yeah, yeah. Can it's I co- get some applause? Hit the applause button. Absolutely. Now. There you go. Sorry. Thank you, Jesus. You know, like, <laughs> this is... Something that's supposed to happen during a Democratic president's term. Like, yep, so yep. it's Yeah, I mean, Judge Jackson here uh, comes with uh, many, many bona fides. Certainly she was confirmed already by the Senate. 
So she's already been uh, through that entire process, already been vetted, and uh, Republicans voted to confirm her. But watch that all change now. No. Not she'll a, be a by, yeah. by two weeks from now, she'll be a communist, radical, Black Panther. They'll be putting her up with a shotgun and platform oh, yeah. heels and yeah. an afro. You know, it's just going to be like, because they are terrified that mm-hmm. black people will get an equal share of this country. Sure. And the other front runner is uh, uh, California Supreme Court Justice Leandra Kruger. Uh, by the way, Jackson is 51 years old. Kruger is 45. Ooh, I like 45. Both women have significant judicial experience. Jackson was appointed to a federal trial judgeship by Barack Obama in 2013 and was recently confirmed to the powerful United States Court of Appeals in the D.C. Circuit. Kruger joined California's highest court in 2015. Both women also served on the Supreme Court. Jackson clerked for Breyer and Kruger for Justice uh, John Paul Stevens. An elite credential that can elevate a young lawyer, this is according to Vox, elevate a young lawyer to the upper echelons of the legal profession very early in their career. Six of the court's current members clerked for a justice shortly after graduating from law school. So there are your top couple of contenders. Uh, There are several others that may... Also get the nod. I mean, none of this is confirmed. I mean, we're all just speculating here. One of the examples so of to a- speak, none of this is confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even a joke, but it was, you know, just a, a silly coincidence. Most notable example of a long shot is uh, Judge J. Michelle Childs. She's a federal district judge in South Carolina. She was appointed to the bench by Obama in 2009. Childs was the first black woman to become a partner in one of South Carolina's major law firms, according to the New York Times. She also held various positions in state government. Biden recently nominated her to a seat on the D.C. Circuit. Well, we need uh, all the best jurists that we can on the D.C. Circuit, by the way, especially considering all the prosecutions that are happening right now. So want to make sure we have some good judges over there. You know, I'm, I'm pretty confident that this White House is going to pick the best nominee. Uh, you know, yeah, I yeah. have no concerns there that they're just going to pull out a wild card. And no, look. Ultimately, we're not going to see any stunt casting with this. It's not going to be Hillary Clinton. It's not going to be Bill Crystal's plan. Kamala to, Harris. Kamala Harris. Fuck it's not going to be Kamala Harris. It's not going to be Michelle Obama or Barack Obama. So that's where I get into the the Ginsburg thing, where people questioning her decisions because they don't question men's decisions like that. Yeah. You yeah. know, and like they're like trying to route. Kamala Harris out of her job as VP. So we, and it's like, no, let, let black, let women do their jobs and stop second fucking guessing them. <laughs> the armchair quarterbacks, like, how many of you have served on the Supreme Court or as vice president of the United States? Yeah, very few. No, no. So, like, shut your fucking cock holsters. I'm sorry. I'm just in that mood today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look, I have to do a quick aside here. Yeah. Oh, God. It was just this, like, this dude with, like, uh, an obnoxious gaggle of children, maybe all his own, but there was, like, seven or eight or 15 of them i don't know yeah and they were like this moving cloud of chaos the whole time they were in the store and then i'm like ringing them up and one of them like says something to his brother he goes you faggot and my head just whipped around and i said hey (laughs) and they all froze yeah did you kick donald trump jr out of the store or what no i just said don't use that word in here and then I glared at their father the rest of the time. I was, and boy, can I glare over a mask? Let yeah. me tell you, nicely done. Just, yeah, I, I would, yeah. Uh, I would think twice before saying that in front of the mighty T Rex. 
But uh, getting back to all my, of this. My tiny arms were too busy, like, ringing up the cash register, <laughs> scanning purchases. Yeah. So but anyway, is, back uh, to the Supreme Court. Yeah, Sorry. so this um, is uh, ultimately, as we all know, an even exchange, as I like to call it. But it secures that seat for another generation. I mean, again, we're talking about Katanji Brown-Jackson at 51 years old. So she could arguably be on the Supreme Court for the next 30 goddamn years. When she's done on the Supreme Court, I mean, she and I are going to be around the same age. <laughs> That's amazing. That's also very sad. And now I'm depressed. <laughs> so sad. 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 So sad. So sad. Sad. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Sam Alito and Clarence Thomas are next. TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. I think uh, Thomas is 73. Sam Alito is 71. And just looking at Clarence Thomas, I don't know if Clarence Thomas has many years to go. He's never looked like the healthiest guy. I'm not wishing for anyone to die here. I'm just saying if, uh, if his health catches up with him and he has to retire, ultimately, we're talking about another reason, yet another reason to stack onto the pile. And this is a pretty big reason to make sure we come out on top. We're victorious in the next several elections at the very least. I'm talking about the midterms mm-hmm. this year, the presidency in 24, then again in 26 with that midterms, and then 28 to make sure we can be the ones, the Democrats can be the ones to replace Clarence Thomas, and the Democrats can be the ones to replace Sam Alito. We have to prioritize this because to date, we really haven't. The Republicans have I think had the lion's share. Expand of that. the court. I think, given the unprecedented uh, hypocrisy and recklessness of Mitch McConnell, yeah, in the way that he has handled nominations, that I just think we need to add four more seats. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, uh, I, I do. I do. I don't. I, 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 there's nothing in our Constitution that says the Supreme Court has to have nine justices. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like they have, you know, poisoned the well on this yeah. by appointing ideologues and not letting Obama appoint his justice. I just I feel like mm-hmm. once again, I feel like I need the Democrats to like shoot to kill and not yeah. like just play nice all the time. Well, that's another like, reason to start yeah. winning some goddamn elections to uh, prioritize victory here. Because if we're victorious, if we are able to expand our majorities this year or, you know, two years from now or two years after that, we can expand our majorities. We can look at things like that in a serious way rather than looking at them now with zero hopes of getting something like that passed through the Senate. There's just no way that's happening. So consequently, let's keep in mind the fact that we can swing this entirely in the opposite direction. We can shove this pendulum in the other direction, finally. You know, it's six to three right now in terms of conservatives controlling the court in an unprecedented way. And we can shift that right on back. Uh, uh, Clarence Thomas, Sam Alito get replaced. Suddenly, oh, my God, it's a five to four court in favor of the liberals. Right. So this is something that we can motivate ourselves with. This is something that we can use to drive out the vote. We can mm-hmm. get our activist base charged up for something like this. So God damn it, I hope we use this. I hope we continue to use this. It couldn't be more important, especially now, especially because the judiciary is doing so much of the lawmaking these days. I mean, obviously, the legislature's Congress doing a lot of lawmaking, but invariably, whoever's passing laws that the other side doesn't like, you know, we start suing and they end up in the courts. You know, Donald Trump s- tries to sue his way out of every goddamn thing. 
And so it's so important that we uh, wrest some control back uh, in the Supreme Court. So utterly crucial. And if we're not prioritizing that, what the fuck are we even doing? My God. You know, if you can't figure out that that's an important priority, (laughs) I don't I don't know what to tell you about the future of the Democratic Party, the future of democracy entirely. Isn't Joe Biden doing a thing today? Isn't he going to, or did he well, already announce I think announce uh, it Breyer officially announced his retirement just a few minutes ago. Okay. Um, and so then, because, uh, I mean, Biden's got a few people. I'd say Frangela yeah. is also a good idea to nominate for the Supreme Court. <laughs> yes, let's nominate <laughs> Frangela, because then we get two votes, right? We get two, see? And yeah. um, I think they would be fantastic. Yeah. It's been all over Twitter that, you yeah. know, at POTUS, think of at Frangela duo. Right, and is- Frangela, by the way, fun fact, already confirmed by the Senate as being badasses. So yes. I just wanted to throw so, that I mean, out there. I don't there. see a problem with Fu- it at all. Yes, I think the Senate confirmed them as fucking hilarious. So yes. there's that too. Uh, huge news on the economy today, and every White House reporter, every Washington, D.C. Beltway reporter is now trying to figure out how okay. not to include Joe Biden in the reporting on the economy. Yeah, how <laughs> bad for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, amid the rise of Omicron in the October-November period, GDP grew 6.9%. That was October-November, the data showed. While that topped expectations, check this out. 6.9% growth, October-November. And the next sentence in this article says, while that topped expectations, economists warned the figure was inflated by businesses' attempts to rebuild depleted inventories. Oh, my God. Oh, God. And you know what? That was fucking raw story wrote that sentence. God damn it. They know better than that over there. After the downturn. Oh, fuck those people. <laughs> they don't know anything about click, except like clickbait and exploiting workers. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing with raw story that I always have a problem with is every time I go to raw story, my screen is filled with pop-ups. Oh, I and know. I've got, they're the worst. They're I've the got, worst. Yeah, I've got all the blockers you know, loaded up on my browser, but still, somehow, it's just festooned with every possible square inch filled with an advertisement. Uh, but, but you know what? Sometimes, as a sidebar here, sometimes I can't blame them because it's next to impossible to make any sort of money with an online publication after Facebook decided, hey, fuck you, online publications. We're not going to give you any traffic. So after the downturn in 2020, of course, I'm bearing the lead here, U.S. GDP expanded by 5.7% last year. Commerce Department said in its latest quarterly report, 5.7% for last year, the fastest growth since 1984. That's a huge fucking deal. And at the same time, Joe Biden's polling comes in at like 39% or whatever the fuck it is. You know, they talk about skewing reality by the, uh, the D.C. media. Hal Sparks here was tweeting about this, uh, this topic earlier today. He said, the U.S. has the fastest growth since 1984, best employment figures in 50 years. All of Biden's plans slash bills poll over 60%. So maybe, just maybe, these polls are about a media disconnect and a false narrative. Right, Joe NBC? He's talking Morning Joe here. Because they did a, uh, they reported on the Monmouth University, Monmouth, Monmouth University poll. Yeah, approved 39%, disapproved 54%. Now, this is before the GDP numbers came out. So, who knows? But I think with these numbers, if these numbers are able to continue on 
And uh, obviously, we're going to see some upward revisions in terms of previous jobs, unemployment numbers coming up here in, a, in about a week and, uh, and certainly a month after that. And then plus a smooth confirmation to the Supreme Court. I think this all turns around. I think we're in a pretty good shape for the midterms, at least from a Biden perspective. Well, I would say, you know what? I heard Jamie Harrison say on Tom Hartman's program yesterday, I believe, or the day before, and then uh, the candidate that's running against Jim Banks in Ohio, I believe, yeah. on Stephanie's show this morning, they both said a similar thing about defunding the police mm-hmm. and how Republicans didn't vote for the American Relief Act, yeah. which helped to fund police. Mm-hmm. So there, this is a talking point that's starting to go towards the Democrats going, wait a minute, you can't say that we're defunding the police when none of you voted for this. Yeah, You're yeah. defunding the police. So this is this is a new talking point that will flip that BS on its head, which is what partly lost us the ha- seats in the House um, in 2020. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you see the video going around today? It's an old video of Joe Biden consoling Meghan McCain on The View. Uh-huh. This was from several years ago, certainly before he was running for president. It was and, before, right yeah, after probably McCain that. died? Oh, yeah, it was right after John McCain I wrote McCain about died. that for The Guardian, actually. Yeah, yeah. And that's all in the context of Meghan McCain calling Joe Biden a moron in an article yep. she wrote this week. Oh, God. Who's she married? She I mar- don't think she writes her own stuff. Her husband is the terrorist guy. Yeah. But that video, good God, Joe Biden didn't have to do that. He was under no, no obligation no, to go over to Meghan McCain and kind of sit down next to her and to console, console her, yeah, to offer some solace in that dark, dark moment in her life. And she turns around several years later like, fuck that guy, what a fucking moron. <laughs> God damn it. Are she, we then- I mean, yeah. she's got to keep the fucking paychecks coming. Yeah, it, you know this is all a grift for her. It's like mm-hmm. I am the you know the conservative pundit that will come on you know, that will actually. I mean, tr- well, she doesn't really engage or talk any sense or make any decent arguments. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just all about like, well, I think, you know, <laughs> but like that's her bread and butter. Yeah, is yeah. to be contrarian and to throw trash at liberals. Uh, and so, like, that's what she's going to do. Um, um, there's a bit of breaking news. Uh, Congresswoman Cori Bush's vehicle was hit by gunfire in the St. Louis oh my area. God. Yeah, a vehicle Holy belonging fuck. to Congresswoman Cori Bush, Democrat of St. Louis, was hit by gunfire early. Well, wait a minute. This is uh, early Saturday morning. But this is today. This is being reported today. Uh, but this happened Saturday morning, according to a source close to the representative mm. who spoke on the condition of anonymity because they were not authorized to speak on the matter. According to the source, the vehicle was parked in the St. Louis area and Bush was not in the vehicle okay. at the time and was not injured. It is not believed that Rep. Bush was targeted, according to the source. When asked about the incident, Rep. Bush told Five on your side of the local news, uh, like... Far too many of us in St. Louis experiencing gun violence is all too familiar. San Jose, California. Do you know about this? No. Yes. What happened? In order to own a gun in San Jose now, you have to pay liability insurance on it. Yep. Oh, hey, I didn't know about that. What, Why was I not just passed. calling for, for ages? Yeah, you know? they just passed. It was, a una- it, was, it was, I think it was unanimous, but it, it passed in the city. The mayor is going to sign it, and we'll see what happens with lawsuits. But since, since you can regulate Second Amendment, hi, mm-hmm. um, I don't see why guns shouldn't have to be 
have liability insurance and good luck getting the insurance. I think that is uh, absolutely mm. mandatory. I don't know where this runs afoul of the Second Amendment, too. It's not saying it don't buy a gun. It's not making it harder to buy a gun. It's making it a little more expensive it's, well, to buy it's a It's regulating gun. your fucking militia, assholes. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, what a great idea. This San is- Jose, which is Spanish for the hose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. Um, but this is the kind of shit that I've been talking about for a long time now, which is that yeah. we need to be thinking uh, beyond the normal gun control vernacular on this. We yeah. need to come up with some right. interesting, inventive, trap law style ways that we can pull this all back. Um, I, I don't well, know. I wrote that- a column for The Guardian yeah. about this in like 2000, like 15 or something. I mean, wow. really, this I've been all in on this. Like we need to oh, like yeah. if you have a big assault rifle that can Any gun. hundreds yeah. of people, you know, but you need to be pay com- in a commensurate fashion. Like right. You yeah. If you have, yeah. Yeah. If you have a Ferrari, it costs you more money as a car. Cause it should be regulated like cars. Yeah. And the Period. argument will be, well, the cars are in the constitution. Yeah, and cars aren't meant to kill people, but they also do. They're trying to make them less lethal. Is the right. Thing. Whereas yes. guns are going the other way, gang. Like, exactly. Uh, yeah. It's a real stretch to say that having to own liability insurance if you own a gun, saying that's a violation of the Second Amendment, that's a violation of your ability to own a firearm and protect your family. It is or because you, you can't it. afford it then, Bob. Yeah. See, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's if no, I can't afford my gun, why should I get market, one? That's the free market, gang. Yeah, yeah. Hey, free, exactly. Free mar- if insurance companies don't want to cover you, too bad you can't have the gun. Abso-fucking-lutely. It just You should have made better life choices. Right. Exactly. It's just common sense. <laughs> now, when Texas passes something like that, then we'll be somewhere, won't we? Yeah, well. Oh, but see, that. the insurance industry is a many-tentacled very tenacious money greeting monster yeah, that yeah. will be like, oh, this is how we can handle some of the revenue we'll lose to a you know more equitable healthcare system. Yeah, is to start regulating guns but because then what- guns. I mean, the, there is a direct ratio between gun ownership and the amount of money that comes out of our healthcare system every year treating people who've been injured or killed. Right. But the difference is, is it okay, Sandy Hook? Mm-hmm. Had he mowed down the children on purpose with a car, those victims' families, and anybody that, well, nobody survived that, but all those victims' families could have sued that person's insurance company for money. Mm -hmm. But because they were mowed down with a gun, they didn't have the right to sue for money, whereas insurance companies will look at that going, they're going to sue us and win. Now, how are Mm -hmm. we going to deny that claim? Do we know with that synagogue hostage taking crisis uh, in Texas? Do we know where the hostage taker got his firearm? No, or but firearms? I'll look it up. Talk amongst yourselves. I'll Google it. Thank you. Because remember, there was a yeah, he Texas- was an American citizen, was he? He was British. No. British. British yeah. national. But there's a Texas law that, I mean, they banned background checks in Texas. They, I mean, anyone mm-hmm. could go and get a fucking gun scot free in Texas. Yeah. Why are they so unable to make? The, the jump from cause to effect. Yeah, I don't know. Which just makes me crazy here. There's an article in The Atlantic, um, and I can't remember the author's name right now, but it's all about like how we, we've been, basically been witness to over the last two years is a ritualistic human sacrifice yeah. to appease the economy gods. And like the author draws all these historic parallels to civilizations that like did routine human sacrifices as a means of like. Okay, here it is. 
The Justice okay. Department has, as of today, this is brand yeah. new news, charges a man who allegedly sold a gun to the Texas synagogue hostage taker. He's 32 years old. Wow. Uh, he sold uh, the hostage taker to the gun he used during his thing. Henry Williams, with being a felon in possession of a firearm, sold the semi-automatic pistol to Akram on January 13th, according to a criminal complaint. Then all hell broke loose. Yeah, so. it doesn't say it was in Texas. Um, but the law was that uh, Texas uh, is now allowing people to carry handguns without a licensed background check or training. So that's uh, that's where we are with Texas, and I'm just I'm wondering if this particular hostage taker was able to get a firearm because of this law, because of the lax Texas fire. And it sounds like uh, he, Dallas field office. So it sounds like it's Texas. Yeah, sounds like it. So mm-hmm. it could very well be that loophole created by this law allowed that guy to get a gun and take hostages in that synagogue. One of the worst. Uh, anti-Semitic crimes in this country. The problem is, is mis- see, the reason that he's being charged is is the guy that sold him the gun yeah. uh, was prohibited from carrying, acquiring, or selling iron uh, uh, firearms because he was a convicted felon. Ah, okay. So mm. there's that extra layer there, too. So certainly yeah. that person isn't going to do background checks, law or not. <laughs> there's no well, doubt. Well, and, but, and uh, it doesn't matter in Texas, as you said. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't even matter, right? So this guy could have... So he could have... He, Williams could have legally acquired the gun in Texas, even though he illegally had it under federal law. Yeah. Texas already has some of the loosest gun laws in the country and has more than 1.6 million handgun license holders. God damn. It's un- unbelievable. We're just in Thunderdome. We are just so close to the Mad Max scenario. Oh, yeah. Oh my god. You know god. what we're really close to What's is that? Iraq. And this Iraq, is what I've been yeah. dreading and worrying about for years that mm-hmm. like what we inflicted on Iraq, the con- complete destabilization and balkanization of the country, the total like, you know, ceding of civil order over to tribal warfare and chaos. Mm-hmm. I've just been thinking like that's going to come back on us. Yeah. Like you know, I just I hate the thought that I may spend my my dotage like with 2 hours of electricity a day, you know, ducking like shells and artillery. Yeah, in terms of uh, violence, it has come back on us already because the insurgents in Iraq became uh, ISIS. So we have seen the blowback. And in fact, I was calling that when the Iraq war was in its darkest days. I was saying, you know what? Even if we get out of this, we're going to see years and years and years and years of blowback. Some of these militias, some of these insurgent groups are just going to keep going on and on and on. And naturally, a few years later, hello, ISIS. God damn. Okay, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, oh my God, Jen Psaki. Let fly against the CBN reporter yesterday. We're going to talk about that. Plus, Sarah Palin in the news once again, Mm -hmm. being completely irresponsible. We have to talk about her. Obviously, Matt Gates, Dan Bongino still to come on the show. So hold it. Don't nobody move. Back with more show after these words. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Bob Seska! All-time favorite! 
Brand new music from a uh, a band called Good Fake. The song is called. And this makes me want to go to a show so bad. I just yeah. want to be in a big, sweaty, steamy rock show. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, they got a brand new EP out. It's called You Vultures. Goodfake.bandcamp.com. It's for Good Fake. Great album. Okay. Uh, bobseska.com slash music to submit. We got an indie music countdown coming up on Monday with all kinds of brand new countdown jingles. So stand by for action. Now more crap! Yes, indeed. All right. So uh, getting back into things here. Let's see where we leave off. Oh, yes. This CBN reporter, totally owned by Jen Psaki. And, you know, I try not to do this. I try not to get into the hero worship of various White House players and so on. But, you know, Jen Psaki kicks all kinds of ass. In fact, uh, I was saying to Kimberly last night. But she's like everybody's inner smart girl. She's like how we wish (laughs) we could respond anytime somebody says, let's go, Brandon. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. like just like start pulling out the numbers and the charts and then just be like, actually, you're an idiot. Mm -hmm. You know, like she just, ah, it's beautiful. Yeah, she's great. In fact, I wish she had been the White House press secretary when Barack Obama was president. Yeah. She would have served him so well in that capacity. Uh, Just a a real fighter, real scrapper, and sharp as fuck. Oh, my God. Here's a... uh, Here's a tape of Jen Psaki uh, just owning this CBN. And that, by the way, that's Christian Broadcasting Network. I think that was the wrong thing. Okay, you're killing me. I haven't heard this audio yet. Okay, here we go. Just roll. Yeah, here's the real audio. Quick question on inflation. Many people believe that government spending is a big factor in the current inflation levels. Can you speak to concerns that spending plans that come out of Build Back Better aren't paid for and so could mean higher deficits and more inflation in the future? Aren't paid for? Correct. Build Back Better is paid for. Can you? Entirely. Okay. Can you speak to the concerns that are coming in that it's it's not Who are the concerns from, though? But who's saying it's not paid for? Because there have been a range of economists saying it's entirely paid for. um, And that has been a priority for the president. Uh, It has also been concluded by a number of Nobel laureates and experts from uh, a, a range of economic experts on the outside that it will not contribute to inflation. So those are the global experts uh, that we would point to, but there may be others suggesting something else, but I don't know who those people are. Okay, there, there we go. Just awesome. The, the, this is my favorite thing she does. Yeah. She's like, I need to, well, give me some names. Because yeah. remember she was like, there was somebody who's like, you know, there's been talk and she's like, who's talking? Yeah, yeah. You want to give me some names or, or just is it just something you guys are just chatting about in the hall? So sharp. <laughs> and then ah. the stunned silence, the pause. The beautiful, the, yeah. just awkward, like, ugh. I, I want to see if we get again. a... I play it see, again, play it again. Yeah, I, get I a, want an instant replay. Yeah, plus yeah. You, we want to time how long the uh, the pause is, the dead yeah. silence. Here we go. In the future. Aren't paid for? Correct. Build Back Better is paid for. Can you... Entirely. Okay. Can you speak to Okay, the- that was at least three that seconds. Least th- yeah, okay. that was at least three seconds yeah. before she... Uh, and three seconds in that kind of setting seems like a lifetime. Yeah. yeah. The concerns 
that are coming in that it's, it's who are not the concerns actually. from though yeah but who's saying it's not paid for because there have been a range <laughs> that of was another that was another three second pause we're gonna go with a total of six seconds if you listen super closely you can actually hear the moment when the cbn reporter's brain just all the fuses blew yeah and it yeah. sounded like this came out of her ears. Yeah. <laughs> yep that was uh that was prime time ownage right there uh, you know, she was completely unprepared. In fact, she was on, uh, I don't know, TV, some network today, talking about how she should have been better prepared for that question. You think, Missy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, this, I mean, this goes to what Brian Karam was saying on the show a couple of weeks ago. Brian Karam was telling me that one of the reasons, one of the uh, prime suspects behind the White House press corps, behind the political press being so fucking ridiculous these days, is because it's populated by rank amateurs. Yeah, she sounded like she was 12. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there are like so she, many. She had heard some buzzwords somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, and she was basically trying to string them together in a gotcha question. Inflation's not really her beat, you know. Yep. Maybe it's like abortion or women's rights or I don't know, like, because she's from CBN. No, her <laughs> thing is, her, her thing is um, kindergartners um, and her, her being the class president of her kindergarten because that's how old she sounded. <laughs> Right. That's right. She's used to writing about maybe getting more chimichangas in the school cafeteria. Yeah, we need different color crayons. And how much is nap time really needed? (laughs) If I'm elected editor-in-chief of the school newspaper, we're going to have more cartoons. Yay! More recess and pizza every day for lunch. When I become a CBN reporter, I'm going to ask Jen Psaki a stupid fucking question. Yay! Can we hear it again? <laughs> you really? Okay. It's like my favorite bedtime story now. I just want to hear the whole thing from start to finish again, just so I can relish those pauses. Okay, here it is again. Flawless victory, fatality. Yeah, there we go. All right, you want to hear it again? Here, here's the real tape again. Saying it's entirely paid for. Oh wait, wait, wait. wait. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just a quick question on inflation. Many people believe that government spending is a big factor in the current inflation levels. Can you speak to concerns that spending plans that come out of Build Back Better aren't paid for and so could mean higher deficits and more inflation in the future? Aren't paid for? Correct. Build Back Better is paid for. (laughs) Entirely. What? Can you speak to the concerns that are coming in that it's, it's Who are not the concerns from, though. What? No, let's stop it. Why is that even relevant? Why is right. it relevant that we've got some someone showing concern? Who knows Who if that person is on the level? Who knows if that person knows what the fuck they're talking about? I could show. I'm concerned that monkeys might fly out of my ass and that they won't give me a ride to the moon afterwards. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. It's I got mean, nothing to do with logic or reality. I mean, anybody. Like, I think maybe her waitress or server this morning when she was getting her breakfast mm-hmm. at the hotel, like, was <laughs> like, yeah, was like, I'm worried about this inflation. Yeah. You know, they say it Biden's the cause of it. It's the yeah. old yarn. It's the some people are saying gambit that was yeah. made popular by Fox News Channel. They've been using that and scam. And you would think yeah. that after watching a year of Jen Psaki in action that you would think that I don't need to care. It's like, I'm going to take this paper armor into the dragon's lair to protect me from the fire. Like, uh-huh. just... That, yeah, you don't bring that to in Jen Psaki's house. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, uh, I need some names, please. 
She, her name is Caitlin Burke. No, I'm so, just saying that's what Jen Psaki was saying. Well, I know. She's like, I know. You know. I'm adding who the reporter is here. Her name is Caitlin Burke. Um, she owned up to everything, telling uh, someone, someone on CBN. Oh, the CBN News Daily Rundown. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine what kind of disaster that is. But uh, she owned up to everything on the show, telling them, I'm not going it to lie. It sounds like what happens after a shark. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Rundown. I was a little mortified News. with my first White House briefing question. And I, you know, I will admit I wasn't prepared enough. Yeah, no shit. That was her first ever White House briefing question. Swing and a fucking miss. Yeah. Good job. Well, I guess there's no place else to go but up. That's more like a swing and hit yourself in the face with a bat. Yeah, yeah. He like, said here, I was conferring with our economic expert at CBN, and I told him that the producer wanted inflation questions. That's what he suggested. And I should what? have done more research to be prepared no to answer that question. But I came in with a question that had been sent on to me blind. So she didn't even come up with that question. That <laughs> came from I, her. What does it take to be the expert? economics editor? Yeah, at fucking CBN. Like it's like I have a you know a deep appreciation of the of the influence of the Holy Spirit on the Dow. I mean, how bad an economist do you have to be to end up at CBN as their economic expert? It's like the old George Carlin joke. Somewhere out there, there is the worst doctor in the world, and as we speak, they're about to see a patient. Yep. So, yeah. So there's maybe like the worst economist in the world and they're advising White House reporters at CBN. So great. We're uh, in excellent no, hands. And I we think the worst worst would be an economics editor at Breitbart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, does that even exist anymore? Yes, it does. It's very popular. <laughs> Sadly. Hmm. But uh, yeah, I noticed something so at our cold uh, tours with a certain segment of the population. <laughs> remember what's you know what's still around, David is PJ Media. Remember wow. uh, Michelle Malkin? Yeah, yeah. Michelle Malkin yeah. started this thing, PJ Media, or was heavily involved with it or something. And uh, there was a piece on PJ Media today, preemptively accusing Katanji Brown Jackson of sexually assaulting him in college, because every nominee is going to be accused of that. That was the point of it. It was He was sort of trying to make a point about the uh, Brett Kavanaugh he confirmation. he was trying to make a joke. He was trying to make and a it joke. It was like a it shitty joke. about as well as yeah. most conservative satire. Right, right. But you know uh, this is going to be the tone. That we're going to make shit up about whoever the nominee is. It doesn't matter if they're clean as a whistle. We're just going to make shit up. Uh, meantime, Sarah Palin. Tested positive for COVID a couple of days ago, and then it was reported in the Gothamist that she turned up at a fucking restaurant last night to have dinner. That was the second time, though. No, no, no. She showed up yeah. over the weekend indoors at that restaurant, and last night was the second time she went to the same restaurant, though, quote, outdoors, unquote, which I don't believe I saw the pictures. Well, when she went the first time, did she know she had COVID? Yes. Oh, she my was, God. She knew I'm sure she knew because we found out two, two days ago. I'm sure she already knew because by Monday she wasn't allowed in court. Okay, so we, at the very least, we know that she showed up at a restaurant once, confirmed to be COVID positive. I mean, Basically, what happened was when she went to Elio's the first time on yeah. Sunday night or whenever, they didn't ask her for her vaccination status, which is the first problem. Oh my God. And their argument was she went with a regular 
Well, yeah. I'm sorry, but I go to a bunch of restaurants in here. If you want to eat indoors in Los Angeles, you have to prove vaccination. I mm-hmm. don't eat indoors, but if I need to, I have it. And if I came with somebody and they didn't have their vax card, we're eating outside. Yeah. This place, to call it outdoors, it's this fun. dining area, is a real fucking stretch. There are walls. There is a ceiling. There are heat lamps everywhere. And none of the... Sarah Palin's with two other people, at least two other people. I saw a third or a fourth person uh, in another picture. It was a big enough table. Yeah, it's a big table. Big, long people, table. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're all without jackets. So we're talking about... <laughs> it was like 20 in degrees New York in the night. winter. Yeah, New York in yeah. the winter and you don't need a jacket outside. Yeah, right. So I'm thinking... Who is she infecting? Have any of those people ended up in an ICU? Or did they infect someone that ended up in an ICU? Taking up beds that uh, could be used by responsible, non-COVID, vaccinated people. Can you imagine being the table server who has to serve them? The bus boy, the bus person who has to serve this table. What happens if she has to take a piss? I mean, these are things that you have to think about when you go to a fucking restaurant with active goddamn COVID. This whole, like, we can safely eat in restaurants thing for me has always been a a, a, a red hair. I just, oh, like, yes, you know, yes. like, like, we're going to wear our masks to our table and then take them off and that will keep us safe. Yeah, like, it's one of the no. dumbest things. But here's the justification for it, I think. Well, we at least get partially masked or we close down for the duration of the pandemic. That's kind of the choice. Well, um, I mean, if just so like when I've gone out to dinner, I literally have not eaten indoors except at the laugh factory once. Yeah. And I was at the front. Um, and I am, I'm hardcore. It's like I sip something, oh, put yeah. mask back on, eat something, <laughs> put mask back on. And then if the, if the server comes and I'm in the middle of a bite, I cover my mouth so that if I have to talk to them and I didn't get my mask on in time, at least I'm, you know, trying to stop my airwaves going to them. Yeah, good for you. Um, That's smart. That's conscientious. It's responsible. This is what everyone should be doing because it's a fucking pandemic. Yeah. But I, I, I can't even imagine. Like Bill Maher saying that the fuck pandemic man. is over. I'm like, fuck you, dude. The pandemic is not done with us. Oh, yeah. It will continue to. And like I said last week, there's a new variant, mm-hmm. like right on time, like every three months. It's a subvariant called Stealth Omicron. Yeah. That just like doesn't look like Omicron when you're trying to, t- you know, classify it in uh, tests. Yeah. Fortunately, it is like still showing up on tests, but you know who knows what's sneaking around out there that we can't test for. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Sarah Palin not masked. She, I'm looking at a picture here. There's several <clears throat> photographs of her at this restaurant, never masked. It's like engaging in an MMA fight with uh, being HIV positive. You know, it's just like, oh fuck, I'm just going to bleed all over you. I don't care. This is a public health emergency, regardless of the fact that it's, you know, we're two years in. It's still a goddamn emergency. People are still dying in colossal numbers. The day Bill Maher and Barry Weiss said uh, that the pandemic is over last Friday, 4,000 people died in the United States. That's almost twice as many as uh, died on 9-11. It's like we have become so accustomed to mass death in this country that is just like, uh, how many people? 4,000? Uh, what are you going to do? I mean, 21 years ago, it was like, oh, my God. Uh, what, 3,000 people died on 9-11? Yeah. And this entire array of laws, to this day, we're still taking our fucking shoes and belts off at the airport. We got a new 9-11 every damn day these days. And 
Everyone's just like, ah, who knows? Well, it's, you know, uh, I'm done with COVID, so fuck it. Who cares if people die? Mm-hmm. Who cares if children die? Who cares if teachers die? Yeah. Medical workers. Yeah. Entire generations. I mean, they, you know, I think uh, Barry Weiss was saying something to the effect of, well, you know how many children have died of COVID? 800. As if that's not a big deal. Right. Tell yeah, that to the kid. families of the 800 children who have died yeah. from COVID. Who knows? One of those children may have had the uh, wherewithal to cure cancer. I mean, these are yeah. things we just, we don't know. We don't wantonly want people to go out and fucking die. Right. <sighs> anyway, so naturally Sarah Palin's a big goddamn dummy. And so is there. Elios for not, for not yeah. asking and enforcing their vax. It's a law in New York, not enforcing the policy that, hey, if, you're not, if you don't have a vaccine card, you can eat outside, but you can't eat inside. So how dare they not even ask? Yeah, yeah. I'm never going to that fucking restaurant. Elio's manager, Luca Guattolini, said that in accordance with the vaccine mandate and to protect our staff, we seated her outdoors. We're a restaurant yeah, open to the time. public. Yeah, outdoors. The time. It's not out. It's in a little. I mean, it's not outdoors. It's just not. Just because it's not part of the main building doesn't mean it's outdoors. They made like a fort with a roof, for God's sake. Uh, Palin is in town, by the way, to pursue her defamation lawsuit against the New York Times over a 2017 editorial that erroneously tied her rhetoric to the 2011 mass shooting in Arizona. So uh, that's why she's in New York, infecting New Yorkers. I mean, there's a part of me that gets paranoid. Todd, meanwhile, is back in Wasilla racing snowmobiles and skinning moose with his teeth. Oh, yeah, the first dude. Yeah, He's a righteous (laughs) dude, the first dude. This makes me wonder, and this is the paranoid side of me coming forward, so you have to forgive me in advance. Do they think that this is some kind of germ warfare against the normals? Is that what this is, partly? Is there something in the back of their heads going, hey, you know what, if we infect some normals with COVID, good for us. I don't know if that's part of the plan. I don't think they think that hard. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's, you know, it's it's the meatloaf thing. My freedom, I'll die being free instead of getting a stupid shot. And it's like, you're dumb. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally, there's there's a couple of... um, uh, like AT&T phone things that are, you know, where they go and fix stuff that's outside of your house, you know? Yeah. And so people have, I, I assume it's the same person. COVID is a hoax and the vaccines change your DNA. And all I want to write, all I want to spray paint up to them and go, you still alive, asshole? I mean. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, meantime, now more crap. Now more crap. Uh, <laughs> Arizona Senator Kirsten Cinema is set to be unseated by possible challenger Ruben Gallego. In the Yay. 2024 Yay. polling. Yay, I love him. Yeah, the latest polling is bad fucking news for <clears throat> Kirsten Cinema. Cinema holds uh, 57 points net favorability, or minus 57 points net favorability overall. <laughs> have, so, they, have, they, have they thought about if she flipped to be Republican and polling on Republican support for her? I don't see that here in the data, but her very favorable is 7%, somewhat favorable 12%. Uh, 
haven't heard. Is that heard, just among Democrats or the whole state? That's uh, Democratic primary voters. Okay. So they're looking at uh, what's going to happen mm. starting around this time next year. That's assuming she remains a Democrat and doesn't flip. Yeah, 54% very unfavorable. So that's a minus. I was right. I thought that was a typo when it said 57 points net favorability. It's minus 57 points. Yeah. So her favorable is 19%. Her unfavorable is 76%. Ruben Gallego, meantime, his unfavorable, nine. He's yeah, at he's plus 49. 58% favorable, 9% unfavorable. Ruben Gallego is going to be the next senator from Arizona, I oh, think. Oh, absolutely. If he can defeat the whoever the Republican nutbag is. stupid is Kirsten Cinema. I, I mean, don't know. Like, I, I, it's it's, it's uh, unchartable. You can't quantify how dumb she is. Because, you know, look, I don't know a single Democrat who's like, you know, Kirsten Cinema is doing a fine job. That's not happening. No. No, one, no one likes her. Obviously, from the well, seven percent of Arizonans seem Arizona Democrats seem to like her. Uh, well, let's yeah, let's be fair. Nineteen percent, if you include the somewhat approve. So we've got nineteen percent favorability for Kirsten Cinema among Democrats. So when I say no one, it's like nineteen percent. Might as well be no one. Because that's less, isn't it uh, overall, like you get into the 20% territory and you're talking about a lot of nutbags. I'm not talking about Democrats, but just like. Yeah, I think even Dick Cheney has 18% approval among Democrats. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. Like, he yeah. might. Yeah, I think like 20% of Americans believe there's a Sasquatch and alien abductions and shit like that. So you get into weird territory when you get down that low. Um, I think herpes has a, t- a 19%. Like, Wasn't there a poll like that, though? Someone polling on, like, who's more unpopular, yeah. Trump or herpes or cockroaches? There was a poll, <laughs> s- a something like that, during, I think, the first two years of Trump, where they compared his uh, likability versus the <laughs> likability of herpes and cockroaches. Something like that happened. I wish I had that number here in front of me. I'd love to talk about it. But uh, let's see what else here. Oh, yeah. I want to talk about uh, Matt Gates here in just a second. Matt Gates and Dan Bongino we're going to talk about here in just a few minutes. But first, let's talk about the after party on our Patreon page. Every Friday, Kimberly Johnson and I record a fourth Bob Seska Show podcast for the week. But this one's different from this show. It's different from the Tuesday show. Certainly different from the Wednesday show. The Friday after party podcast is uh, packed with all the politics you want while also including uncensored, completely obscene conversations about sex, drugs, movies, television, our personal lives, all the crapola we can't get away with on the free show. So please help support this podcast by subscribing to our Friday After Party podcast for just 10 bucks per month. And bonus, you're also going to get two Shadow Docket shows every week included in that level of support. Plus, you get access to the comments, too. That's bobseskashow.com, or just click the all-caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. Thank you. Elijah Bone, one of my faves here on the show, is a song called Somewhere Out There Is a Dream. 
brand new Elijah. And that's bow. cool. Just, yeah, just got this it's one. It's like Crosby, Stills, and Nash meets the Orb. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> it is. It's oh my God, Elijah Bones. If you haven't experienced Elijah Bones music, I urge you do a search, find all the Elijah Bone you can get your hands on. You will love it. Every time uh, Dave Barrett, who's uh, one of the main guys in Elijah Bone, every time he sends me a new song, I'm like, tomorrow, I'm playing it tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you for sending it along. I'm getting it on the show right away. It's just one of those things that takes a high priority here. Uh, BobSeska.com slash music to uh, uh, submit. Please do that. And uh, we'll get your uh, songs on the show. All right. Continuing on here. This shock jock. Somehow a shock jock, a former radio shock jock, got embroiled in the Matt Gates uh, sex trafficking investigation. But this guy is saying that he overheard a conversation between Matt Gates and Joel Greenberg about the fact that Matt Gates had sex with a girl, an underage girl, on September 4. 2017, according to his confession letter, Joel Greenberg called his friend Rep. Matt Gates with some bad news. Something tells me this wasn't received as bad news, but they're calling it bad news here in the Daily Beast. A teenager both men had paid to have sex with, <clears throat> God damn it, <clears throat> was underage, Greenberg claimed. Now, Two sources tell the Daily Beast a cooperating witness can confirm details of that call for one damning reason. He was in Greenberg's office when the call took place. The witness... Can I get a witness? Sorry. (laughs) The witness, obvious uh, radio guy name here, Big Joe Ellicott. Hey, everybody, Big Joe Ellicott on WAVA, all-hit power radio. Donkey basketball this weekend for free cash. $1,000 in free cash for the winner of donkey basketball. That's the DJ shit. That's this guy. That was just me doing an impression of him. I have no idea what he really sounds like. Uh, He's Greenberg's longtime best friend and an employee at the Seminole County Tax Office. So his radio career going swimmingly. He recently pleaded guilty to fraud and drug charges as part of a cooperation agreement with federal prosecutors, although Ellicott has so far avoided any charges regarding sex trafficking of a minor, which Greenberg pleaded guilty to last May. He was present for the call that Greenberg made to Gates on September 4, according to two people briefed on the matter. The call, they said, was short, and Gates was the one who ended it. I imagine so. It was probably like, awesome, click. I, you know, they're calling. Wrong again. number, wrong number. Prank call. What was it Eric Stoltz was saying when, you know, from Pulp Fiction? Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. What did you say? Oh, fuck. NSA's got this now. Shit. Mm-hmm. In the letter which Greenberg wrote after his indictment in late 2020 as part of an effort to land a presidential pardon, the Orlando area tax official claimed that he, Gates, and others had sex with a minor they believed to be 19 at the time. But she was 17. Greenberg first learned she was underage after receiving an anonymous tip on September 4, 2017, he wrote. He then confirmed her age by improperly querying the teen's personal information in, in the Florida State Driver's License database. We've heard that story before, which he had access to as a local tax collector. So, um, this has got to be <laughs> one of those days where Matt Gates is just perpetually shitting his pants, and he deserves to be. I think Ted Lieu uh, wrote a letter to Kevin McCarthy asking that uh, Matt Gates be stripped of his committee assignments. How do you think uh, Kevin McCarthy's going to respond to that? 
He won't. <laughs> ha ha, click. That's going to be another hang up. That's what's going to happen there. Kevin McCarthy's not going to give a shit. But uh, I just have to say, I always know that there's like a Matt Gates wave coming when Matt Gertz, who's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> poor Matt Gertz. Poor guy whose Twitter handle is like one letter away from Matt Gates's. Yeah, uh, it, yeah. All he posted on his timeline last night was just all lowercase. Oh, no. <laughs> have you seen the picture, by the way, of. Big Joe Ellicott on the radio. He's got a a, a Caesar haircut, a goatee. I was kind of picturing like Gary Busey with a Caesar cut, actually. Yeah. Interesting you should say that. And uh, he's wearing a football jersey. So there you go. He's got the he uniform. Is. Oh, fuck me. I'm sure he's got a backwards baseball cap and a pair of Oakleys somewhere. <laughs> Just one of those guys wearing the uniform. Basically, um, Axe body spray in human form is what you're saying. <laughs> By the way, I went after, there was a troll who was being an absolute dick to Jen Kirkman on Twitter the other day, and I just, I couldn't resist. I went in, and I just ripped into this guy. And part of it, it the Axe body spray thing reminded me of it, David, because I accused him of wearing Axe body spray and smelling like beer farts at one point. I just, I cut right to the very core of his being, and after I did that, because he kind of just withered away after I did that. Mm. And, and after, I'm going, I feel like I just kicked a puppy. I felt, I legitimately felt Dude, bad. Dude, that's the thing. Like, yeah. I, like, we've all got so much surplus fury and angst, like, yeah. lying around. We're all, like, walking around with our pants full of, like, gunpowder, gasoline, and nitroglycerin cocktails. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, and we're all, like, the littlest thing will set us off. And it's like, you know, it was almost like when that woman got into me with it at work a couple of weeks ago, and I was just like, oh, at last. Mm -hmm. You know, like I can fucking open up the reactor core and let one of these MAGA, non mask wearing assholes know exactly how I feel about them. And it was yeah. just like, <laughs> the problem was that it came out way bigger and louder than I had intended. It was just like, once it got going, it was just like, oh, yeah. this feels good. Uh, right. <laughs> I, I think I said something to the effect of, what does it feel like to be so ordinary? What does it feel like to know oh. that there are millions of other guys out there who are exactly like you, guzzling energy drinks for breakfast, you know, smelling like <laughs> Axe body spray and beer farts? I, I bet you own at least one neon beer sign in your house. I mean, I was just, I went on and on and on, and it was like, this guy said a couple of shitty things to Jen Kirkman, and I'm just like, rah! And then I'm like, afterwards, I'm just so regretting it. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. Why can't I just holster that shit? <laughs> Why can't I just say, well, I mean, you know yeah. what? You know, I just. Oh, you know, I just, that's my, like, the, the ongoing seminal question of my existence. Why did I say that? Like, I'm spending too much time with you, David. I think that's part of the problem. Seriously, like, my greatest yeah. son's going to be like, here lies David T. Rex Ferguson, 1968 to, you know, 25 or whatever. Um, oh, and, God. Uh, it's just going to be like, I said, what? Oh shit! Like, <laughs> I know, I know. I will just say, "Damn it, David!" Yeah, could have defended Jen without just cutting to the core of everything this guy is as a person. <laughs> anyway, I kind of like the extent to which you just were like, "I see you, and this is what <laughs> you right. are." That's right. That's like, I mean, that's kind of a David Ferguson move. I gotta hand it to you. Yeah. Let me shake your tiny arm. Well, the um, idea is to just get him to shut the fuck up. And if yeah. I just humiliate him publicly, 
then there's a pretty good chance that'll happen. And of course it did. He just, he said a couple of shitty things back to me, but then just went away. And I was like, <laughs> fuck. Oh God. Hey, speaking of my gravestone, like it's four years today since I had my heart attack. Oh, hey. Well, I don't know whether to play the applause for that or not to play play the applause or, or what. <laughs> no, no, you can please hold I'm, your applause I'm glad, for the end. I'm glad you're um. still alive. This is the applause for you <laughs> yes. still being alive. So good. Good all good news. So yeah, glad you still never with do us. that again. Yeah, yeah. Um, We're coming up on five years of uh Chez's death in uh yeah. the end of March the end of February. Yeah. February twenty fifth. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's the same it's the same anniversary as my brother's death. That's why I know it so well. And <sighs> Bill Paxton. Exactly yeah. right. Well, finally here, Dan Bungie. Just about everybody who like got the news about my heart attack, by the time they got to me, they were all very calm. They had been warned, like, be calm, and except for you, Bob. <laughs> you were I just do? like all cats, like, oh, my God, are you okay? You can't die. You can't. You can't. <laughs> like, oh, I'm surprised I didn't say, it's too bad you're going to die. <laughs> yeah, no. And I'd be like, oh, fuck, I didn't mean to exactly type that. Delete, delete. Opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, getting back into things here, Dan Bongino has been permanently banned from YouTube. Also, good news, de- deserving an applause here. Daily Beast reports that Bongino had previously been suspended by YouTube for falsely claiming masks do nothing to stop the spread of COVID. Despite that... <laughs> This is a story we've seen so many times before. He attempted it's to like upload. It's like a ten-year-old. Like, yeah. With their, uh, with a, yeah, with their fucking, yeah. Go on. Yeah. Well, he tried to get around it. He attempted to upload a new video onto the platform, despite being banned, and that led YouTube to shut him down completely. They said here, we terminated Dan Bongino's channels for circumventing our terms of service by posting a video while there was an active strike and suspension associated with the account. But they don't block that. They don't block you from being able no, to do that. No, he was trying to go. I thought he was trying to go into a backdoor account. Like yeah, maybe that. Like that's a, what I thought it was too. Like he had like a personal account and one for his show. Yeah, the one for his show was suspended, and his much smaller personal account. He tried Let's to upload here. a video there, and they were like, "No, no, no." Yeah. Let's see here. This is this is the actual Daily Beast piece. Fox News host, right wing radio kingpin. Oh fuck you, calling him a kingpin. He's going to take that as a compliment. Yeah, More like a bowling pin. <laughs> Uh, Dan Bongino was permanently banned from YouTube on Wednesday after allegedly attempting to evade a previous suspension. We terminated Dan Bongino's channels for circumventing terms of service, posting a video while there was an active strike and suspension associated with the account. When a channel receives a strike, it is against our terms of service to post content or use another channel. That must have been it to circumvent the suspension. If a channel is terminated, the uploader is unable to use, own, or create any other YouTube channels. Well, he tried at least nearly two weeks ago. Bongino was temporarily suspended from the platform for peddling COVID-19 misinformation. Bongino, who owns shares in right-wing video platform Rumble, did not immediately respond to the Daily Beast's request for comment. But on Instagram, he wrote that the ban by YouTube, uh, he called them YouTube communists, was hilarious. Yeah, YouTube, they're communists, which is why they're in a massive for-profit business. Yeah, these guys just have no fucking clue. It's just like communist is another word that they can throw in like moron. It doesn't need to have any specific meaning. It's just the word they're using. I assure you, no one at YouTube is a communist. Their stock options and profit margin every year is uh, proof positive of that. 
He said that the YouTube con- that the ban was hilarious, and he punctuated it by a poop emoji. <laughs> and it gives me an excuse to play this. Let's go. What is making Dan Mangino's head change shape like this? I mean, it's, <laughs> is it human growth hormone? Is that oh, what he's yes. taking? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, HGH. Like, That's what uh, uh, Joe Rogan takes that too. Yeah. In right. fact, Joe Rogan's talking about heads are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, Rogan is in fact talked about on his show about his head getting bigger <laughs> over <laughs> the years because he takes uh, growth hormone. Yeah, yeah. Which is just such fucking dangerous territory. I mean, there are. Certain therapeutics, if you've got an injury or something, and you know shoulder pain or something, they can use uh, growth hormone to repair it. They can sometimes use uh, stem cells to repair shit like that. But if you're taking it for vanity, oh man, that's dangerous territory. It gives you that bubble gut. I mean, even bodybuilders have like the big extended stomach because because growth hormone doesn't just make your muscles get bigger; it makes everything get yeah. bigger, including your intestines and your guts and all that shit in there. Yeah, fun. fun. <laughs> oh, this one's probably better. Oh, wait. No, that one, too. Fun. It's good, too, though. Yeah, that one, too. Okay, Shadow Docket coming up next. In fact, we're going to talk about Joe Rogan a little bit on the uh, Shadow Docket program on our Patreon page. Uh, an update on the Neil Young versus Spotify versus Joe Rogan front. And not not great news on that front. I don't want to say what the news is. Most of you probably already know, but uh, we'll leave it up to the shadow docket. Um, also, I want to talk about, oh, my God, a little bit about Russia and Ukraine. And uh, just this is actually some positive news on that front. And speaking of which, next Wednesday, this in fact, this coming up Wednesday, which is the February 2nd, Groundhog Day, the great Malcolm Nance is going to be on the show. And he's going to be, uh, we're going to be talking to Malcolm Nance when he's in Ukraine. Because Malcolm Nance is going to Whoa. Ukraine. I wanted to get him on the show this week, but he's like, well, don't you want to talk to me when I'm in Ukraine? I said, but absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Do it. Let's do it. Yes, of course. Yes, yes. Coming yes, up on Wednesday. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Meantime, uh, Shadow Docket Show is next on our Patreon page, bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash Show. Big time Patreon link under the logo at bobseska.com if you want to get to it that way. And uh, just sign up Have for $5. Have a good weekend, folks. $5 a month for the Shadow Docket, $10 a month for the Shadow Docket and the after party. See you over there, folks. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Bye. Flawless victory. Fatality.